Welcome to The Wondering Mind, a mental health podcast. I'm your host, Emily Elizabeth. I created this show to help educate, encourage, and support those who are struggling with their mental health by sharing my stories, as well as the stories of others, in hopes to show you that you are not alone and you can do anything if you work hard and put your wondering mind to it. So let's get started. In today's episode, I chat with Freddie One. Freddie is the co-host of the Never Knows Best pop culture podcast, avid runner, dancer, and gamer. Freddie opens up about finding his love for breakdancing and how it had an impact on his life and mental health. He also shares how he learned to pivot when obstacles arose, and he takes us through his journey of finding a new passion for podcasting. So if you want to learn more about Freddie's journey, then keep on listening. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning into The Wondering Mind, a mental health podcast. Just a quick disclaimer before we get started. This show is in no way meant to treat or diagnose any type of mental illness. I am not a mental health professional, simply just someone who has struggled and felt called to share what I've learned and am learning along my mental health journey. Thank you so much for your support. Now let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Wondering Mind podcast. I'm your host, Emily Elizabeth, and today I am joined by a very special guest. He is also a podcaster of the Never Knows Best podcast, and this is Freddie One. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. I reached out to you because I listened to a couple of your episodes, and I was like, this guy's voice is everything. It's perfect radio like tone and I was like I want him on the show and I know we can find something to talk about so here you are oh man I really appreciate it (laughs) absolutely uh, I'm just trying to put all my all my skills out there using the best I can so today I brought you on because we had our pre-interview chat as I do with everyone just to kind Mm -hmm. of get to know folks and we were talking And you had mentioned that your journey kind of started with a passion and a love for dance, which I was kind of surprised about. I was like, oh my gosh, because you don't really talk about it. It's mainly just your podcast and running, which you're very active with running and working out too. We'll get into that later. So I wanted to talk about how finding your passion can affect your mental health in a positive way and as well as a negative way. So let's talk about your, your passion, your love for dance. So can you tell the listeners like what started that love for dance and what that journey looked like for you? So what, what started it was of course, just seeing other people dance. Dancing looks fun. And I know what music does. Like both my parents, my dad especially is big on music. And he's big on like a lot of old school breaks and everything. So a lot of times we'd be listening to like a group called EPMD or Run DMC, you know, all the all the breakdancing music, all that stuff. And he would just run those breaks back. And so I you you know how it is when you just hear something that kind of gets you moving. I, I just remember how it was when I first heard it. And I was kind of like, 
I, I, I just, I, I like this and I, I, I want to move to it. And then I started showing my mom, you know, my dancing. She was like, mm, it's gonna <laughs> need some work, but you, you keep doing that. And then, um, you know, of course I was like when I was before my double digits, but then once I started actually like finding out how to do real moves and starting to make my own little sets and stuff like that, that was around my teenage years. And so I started doing it more on my own. And there were these parties that me and my friends would go to. This is some of my best friends actually. And we would all just go in and we would battle, we would cipher and we were the life of the party. And so we just kept wanting to go even more. And we were like, we want to keep dancing even though we're not partying. So we made our little crew and then we found another crew and we kind of had like a on and off practice thing going. And then by the time I was like 17, I had joined a crew as a part of a studio. And that was kind of a, a difficult period just because it was a transitional period out of high school into the adult world and everything. And then I was, I was dancing more for the studio than I was for myself. And that combined with the trials of life, kind of like, it, it just became a thing of routine where I was like, okay, like, so I have work on these days and work will let me go to the studio these days. And then I have, you know, uh, really relationship stuff I got to worry about and the school stuff. I got to get ready. I got to gear up for college and everything. And so I wasn't, you know, getting to practice as much. And then I really wasn't competing as much either. I probably went to like three, maybe four battles through that whole tenure after. Whereas like when I was younger, I was ready to go to like the next one and the next one, probably like every like month or so. So do you think that when you started going to the studio and dancing for like, I guess it was a company, like a studio company. Yeah. Do you think that at that point, because there was quote unquote competition, that imposter syndrome kind of set in and, you know, because before you were dancing just from the love of your heart and from freestyle, just because your friends were like, you were all just doing it because it was fun. There was no pressure there. But then once you joined this company, there was pressure. There was the need to continue to learn and grow and expectations of, you know, the people within the company and then, you know, your peers and I think imposter syndrome tends to set in with a lot of folks. I know myself included, I actually used to dance as well. I didn't break dance, mind you, but mm. I did ballet and I also did hip hop. And it just, it got to the point where I quit because imposter syndrome kicked in so heavily. And I was like, I'm not good enough. I'll never amount up to these people who have been doing it for so long, et cetera, et cetera. And so I gave up. And it's really unfortunate. And honestly, to this day, I still regret it. So do you think that that was in any way a part of your journey as well? And if so, how? To some degree, because I just wasn't moving in the right direction. I was I was getting to learn like choreography and everything. And even at one point, they wanted to do like stage competition, like the stuff you see on World of Dance oh, wow. and everything. Yeah, it, it wasn't that big, mind you. But yeah, it did because when I finally got back to like practicing by myself or when I would be doing it, like I had a friend that I would bring with me there because the other the other B-boys. So, you know, B-boys is like, you know, head spinning that crazy stuff you see. But 
they would have an, an open floor night and a practice night. And so it was like you had the big studio and then you had a little kind of threshold in between there where it just, you know, it had some flooring. So people wanted to do it one to one or whatever. I would be in the big studio with the rest of the, the troop, the crew. And then I would look through the door and I would see everyone else out there practicing in that little circle and just growing together. And I was kind of like, man, it's kind of, it's kind of dry. <laughs> like, um, it wasn't what you it, thought it was going to be. Yeah. You just kind of feel a little, a little out of place, you know, like I'm doing it, I'm dancing, but I, I don't have that feeling there. You know, so the, the spark for the interest was diminishing. Is that what you're saying? No, it was because yeah, I was dancing, but I just wasn't doing it the way I wanted to. Like I was just doing choreography and I, I didn't want to be a choreo dancer. I wanted to be uh, a b-boy, you know, or be better. And I don't really harbor any regrets about it in the, in the long run because, you know, now years later, this is around the time I was like 17, 18. So here at 25, I mean, people who are my age who have gone so far ahead and beyond, I don't really regret any of it. I'm just kind of, if anything, it revamped it. It revamped my approach because in reconnecting my relationship and kind of rebuilding that bridge, I have no one here but but myself. A lot of the uh, people who started here, they've they've gone on to live their lives, whether they continue to dance or just start a family or they're just out of state now, but they hold that connection. And I personally don't think it's anything that really leaves anyone. I mean, I've, I've seen you kind of, you know, you have fun dancing, but mm -hmm. yeah. you know, for me, like it's, it's never going to leave. And like I said, here at 25 now, I'm not starting from scratch, but I am starting from experience and just a little insight to my life right now is I've kind of regrouped with some people here in the city who still do that, maintain that connection. And uh, I think that's great because it gives me a bit more community, but no, I, I don't look to my left or to my right and see other people who are doing well and think, oh my gosh, like maybe I don't need to be here. I see other people who are ahead of me who are waiting on me to join them because in dance, yeah, there's battling and competing, but it's all for the love of it. It's all for the love of the art and getting better and being the best we can all be. Kind of sounds like throughout that experience, you realized and recognized that you love dance, but this just wasn't the lane that you wanted to take per se. You didn't want to do the choreographing. You didn't want to get to that high level where you really no longer had control over what you were doing. And throughout the entire process, you still had that love for dance, just not that type of you know, avenue that it was taking you down. So that's amazing that you still have that love and that passion and you're reigniting it. But now you're able to do it again on your terms under your discretion and it there's no pressure there it's just as you want to yeah correct so let's talk about your other passion the podcast how did that come about and did that come about because you know in that transitional phase after you stopped dancing with the studio did you kind of have like an epiphany of well, if this is just going to kind of be a hobby, something that I do on the side, like I need something else. Was there ever like a moment of questioning that you still needed a purpose? How did that come to be? I wanted to be a content creator when I was like young as well. You know, when you're young, you want to do every fucking thing. So I learned how to record like video. I actually wanted to start a YouTube channel 
I remember just getting a little a little camera and I was recording videos and taking pictures of everything. I had all these concepts and ideas and skits. And then I finally sat down to edit and I was like, this is a, this is a lot of shit. Like, and so I just didn't have the patience to do it. I was like, okay, these transitions look weird. There were so many tools that I just didn't know how to use and wasn't patient enough to teach myself. So it was something I kind of backed off of for a while. I met my co-host Moody in high school and we both kind of pitched the YouTube thing together and it was still something where it was just, it was just always on the board. You know, when we were around each other, we have a yakko and wacko type of dynamic. It's, it's never a bad time. We're fricking frack and we get in our own, our own bag. So we know the things that we like to talk about. Starting that, it was actually about, uh, well, it's going to be almost almost three years i found the platform anchor and i just i was like yo we can do a podcast right now all we got to do is we got to come in and we got to talk <laughs> and so i drove to his house and it's the very first one it's literally just the pilot and it's in my car and it sounds terrible it sounds awful but we were just putting ourselves out there and our field the things we talk about is is heavily saturated pop culture and, and gaming and all that stuff is heavily saturated but again there is just that that pride that says hey we can do this so it's kind of learning to pivot because when you attempted to do youtube a lot of people get intimidated because you're right it's so much work i have a youtube channel and i haven't been on it in forever because it's very time consuming and you have to be very dedicated and with everything else going on in life it's really hard to hone in on certain projects like that but it sounds yeah. like you were like oh I have to do something you know I, I need to have something keeping me in line getting me going every morning keeping me motivated let's do a podcast so I love that mm -hmm. I think that's great and three years later here you are you're still going yeah and and I gotta give some credit to uh this voice actor, Steve Bloom, is, uh, it was really great. So it was like, after we did the first one, about two weeks, I, I had to go, I was uh, going to New York to go to Comic-Con. Totally unplanned, wasn't even related to the podcast. I didn't bring any of my equipment or anything like that. But I was like, in the middle of college, taking courses I didn't like, and kind of just going into a rough time. And I met Mr. Bloom. And he is a legendary voice actor. So in all the anime and cartoons and video games, he he's he's a very familiar voice. And so I didn't know what to say to him. I already got my picture with him one day. And so I wanted to get it autographed. And I was like, uh, Mr. Bloom, like, can you can you can you just put, you know, some encouraging words on here? And he just looked at me very curiously. And he was like, Oh man, you want like life advice? Cause I'm hearing this crazy costume asking him to put this down for me and he's kind of getting that that vibe of like oh yeah this this kid's kind of going through some things <laughs> and so he just kept it really simple and he wrote he turned away to do it too and then he gave it back and he saw me look at it and he just said I really mean that too do what you love and it, if if he had just like written it down and handed it to me I probably would have been like man we just wrote some shit on here but that he like took the time to actually say like hey i mean that and yeah it's very simple to say but 
but I, it was something I appreciated. And so I was just like, all right, yeah, there's no right answer to doing this. No correct path or whatever, but you, you've got to do the things that you love. The year after I got to give him, you know, the business card for the podcast. So that right there put a goal in my mind. I was like, all right, we're going to keep doing this shit. We're going to, we're going to make it work somehow. And I'm going to come back a year later and let him know things worked out. I love that it happened during that period because like you said it means so much it was like a sign in a way just a little bit yeah and I also like the fact that you said you were going to college you were kind of just like going through the motions like a lot of us did I went to college straight out of high school I went to UofL my freshman year and I fucking hated it it was awful for me personally I partied way too much and I just wasn't taking it seriously I just wasn't in the right frame of mind and it's unfortunate because at 17 18 technically we're still kids we're still trying to figure out what the hell we want to do what our purpose is you know what we like and the societal norms of just sending us straight into college to figure that all out in such a confined and strategic way it's it's very limiting to our creativity sometimes and so I love that you said you were kind of just, you know, doing what you felt you had to do. Once you spoke with him, you were like, it kind of clicked. It sounds like it clicked in your head. Like, okay, no, this is what I need to do. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, anything I have now is I gained from losing and having to come back even harder and, and actually earn. So anytime I fell, I made sure to fall forward. I think when you start to mature and you understand that doing things imperfectly over and over and over and learning from that process is part of the process. That's how you become successful. And if you stop doing something you love because you feel like you're not perfect at it, the first go round, you're never going to be successful and you're never going to be happy because you're always going to be striving for something that isn't realistic. So I love that you just kept going with this podcast and you're pivoting every moment and learning as you go and I'm doing the same thing too even though you know all these things have happened because I actually got um I actually got robbed last year someone broke into my car took my laptop so I was off the air for a long time now I finally got this little I got this little toaster here it made something happen with it but even though we were recording I was like the podcasting thing isn't really going the way I wanted to. And I think, you know, maybe it's not the audience, maybe it's us. And so I was starting to look inward and I was like, all right, things got to change in the way we operate. So I just take a totally new approach to it. Just the content, nature and structure of the show, all the way to the social media content we put out. So that was another point we had to pivot and try to recreate, make things better instead of giving up because I feel like a lot of people would they would have been so depleted and frustrated after that like well I guess it's not meant to be well no things aren't just like meant to be you make them happen if you want it bad enough you just find a way to make it happen and it sounds like that's exactly what you guys did that's great and that, that was that I give that I give credit to Moody there we actually got to do a a radio spot for a station here in Louisville called WCHQ they're no longer in syndication, but um, our buddy had called us up there to the studio. And, and while we were in there, he said, you know, whether it's two or 2000, we're going to keep doing our thing. He's definitely somebody who holds me accountable in that regard. And is just like, 
let's keep doing our thing. We do good because that's another place where that imposter syndrome sets in, man, like we're talking about these things and maybe it's not good enough or podcast didn't get as many streams as we wanted this week around. I stopped worrying about it because I was like, okay, somebody's listening because anytime I check the first week, I'm disappointed. But if I check like a month later, the numbers are just up there and I'm like, oh, yo, this, this happened. I just stopped counting myself out so soon. I always learn to give those things time. I love that you brought that up because in a month from today, it'll be a year since I've been doing this podcast. And I still struggle with the imposter syndrome and the looking at the numbers and looking at the likes and the followers. And I'm like, this is this not working? Am I not doing things right? Am I not doing enough? And it really takes a toll on your mental health because you're like, I've been putting so much work and dedication and effort into this project. And I feel like it's not being reciprocated on the other end. But exactly like what you said, when you stop obsessing over the little things that they really don't matter at this point, it's like a game changer for your mental health and for your creative flow altogether. So I love that you brought that up and you were honest about that because it's really important. And a lot of people struggle with looking at the wrong things and not realizing that whether you have one person listening or a thousand people listening, it's that one person that you're working towards to help them in some way and to make their day better in some way. And like, that's all that matters at the end of the day. It's always that reminder, no matter what I'm doing, this is for me, this is a thing that I love, even on the days where I, I maybe just don't want to do it. I don't give myself that option anymore. I don't want to be separated from it. So yeah, there are some days where, you know, I just push myself out by force and just say, Hey, take, take that leap. Because by the time it's really all said and done, you know, you still did it. You put in work, you just, you do it. If, if you love it, like it's, it's yours, you must take care of it. Yeah, I really resonate with that. Because there have been plenty of times throughout the past year where all the external bullshit that's going on, or the internal stuff that I'm struggling with comes into play. And even though the podcast is literally like my life's passion and something that I enjoy immensely, there are always going to be those days where you just don't want to fucking do it. And mm-hmm. I like that you said you pushed yourself to do it anyways, because you know that once you do the thing, it's going to make you feel so much better. You're going to be like, why did I even question whether or not I should do this today? I love that. Yeah. Let me ask real quickly, in those moments where you're struggling to get up and get motivated and do your show or whatever it may be, what do you do internally to get yourself out of that mindset in order to do the thing. Can you, can you elaborate on that a little bit? So I don't put too much pressure on myself to do it. I'll probably just take care of things throughout the day. I think that's like a part of procrastinator syndrome is like, Oh, I have this one pressing matter I need to, but maybe I should go do some laundry. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, you know, I kind of make the nest up a bit. I, I set the mood and, and get the energy right. And then by the time I, I hit record, I just, I run over my notes and everything. I'm like, all right, you have everything you need right here. But I wasn't trying to set like a precedence or anything. I feel like when you, when you do that, you're setting a bar that you may not clear. Sounds like you were just basically meeting yourself where you were at and not putting that additional pressure on yourself and just doing it and then going from there. And I love that. That's awesome. 
that whole thing that you just said kind of reminds me of this quote that I actually found last night while I was doing a little bit of research on the whole topic of this podcast episode. Mm -hmm. Victor Frankl, and he said, those who have a why to live can bear with almost any how, which is basically what you just kind of summed up. It's like, I'm just going to go in and use my why, my purpose, my passion for the podcast, and with anything that I'm you know, hit with, adversity-wise, the how, I'm just going to figure it out afterwards, but I'm going to do the thing first. And that can really apply to anything in life. Yeah, having a why is so important. I say if you don't have the why, then you live to find that. That becomes a why in and of itself. So I know that your journey also includes running and working out, staying active, and it gives you more of a clearer vision and path to follow when it comes to your purpose. I found this little tidbit online. It says studies show that people with a higher purpose in life tend to engage in healthier behaviors, which result in better outcomes. So has that helped you with your purpose at all? Yes, because there's always like moments of reflection anytime I'm engaged in like activity for self. But specifically when I'm just exercising, whether that's going into lift or being with the club, there's always a bit of reflection, even if it's just by myself, because it's you working on yourself physically. And when you're triggering those endorphins and, you know, pushing out all that weight, you just have a lot of free time to yourself. It's a point of self-care. So yeah, you're learning more about yourself and you're getting in tune with yourself, but also it allowed for more community in my life. It allowed me to be uh, more extroverted. I was finding people who were like myself. It opened me up to a different side of Louisville. I'll say that for certain. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much. This was a great conversation. And I think a lot of people can resonate with what we've talked about today because mental health ties in with every single aspect of your life, especially now within this new year. I bet a lot of people are setting goals and challenges and trying to find their purpose. And, you know, it's going to be challenging throughout the entire process and just letting them know that, you know, it's okay to hit a wall, but like, as long as you know that this is what you're meant to do and you love doing it just to keep going, no matter what. Thank you for coming on and chatting about this. And oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Speak. Of course. Can you provide the listeners with your social media handles so that they can catch up with the podcast and tune in and follow along with you all? Absolutely. So the podcast is called Never Knows Best. If you are on Instagram, you can find us at NKB podcast, keeping it nice and simple for you guys. And you hit the link in bio. That's our little resource called Linktree, where you can listen on whatever your preferred platform is. So we'll actually have a new episode with your host, Emily Elizabeth. You head on over because it'll be a part of the hero's journey coming soon. Yeah, check that out. And thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you to the listeners for tuning in to another episode of the Wondering Mind podcast. I upload episodes every Wednesday, so stay tuned for those. And until next time, maintain your brain and keep on wondering. Thank you for listening to the Wondering Mind podcast. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you wouldn't mind just taking a few moments and leaving us a review, letting us know what you think of the podcast. Also, 
Feel free to follow us on Instagram at the Wondering Mind Podcast and on Twitter at TWM Podcast.